Hey, Corey, how was your uh, how was your night of sleep last week? It's only been 20 minutes, Clint. Well, you were snoring a lot. Yeah, I enter REM sleep really fast, unless we're going through a spatial anomaly that doesn't let me get that. But that wasn't the case this time. <laughs> Man, I've lost so many crews to being driven in insane because they can't enter REM sleep. So many sleep, people Data, time. sleep. <laughs> That's a different episode. <laughs> One moon circling another. God, I can't stand that episode. I realize uh, I've been very negative on every episode we've talked about. <laughs> Not once have I said, oh, I really like that one. But that's the thing about Star Trek is that the more you are into Star Trek, the more you dislike it. It's like being from a shitty small town where you're like, God, this place sucks. But if anyone talks bad about it, you're like, what did you say? <laughs> so last time. Wait, why'd you lock the blast door behind me? Don't worry about it. Just have some Tranya and uh, fall into the the story. Okay. Where are we? All right. So last time we basically went over all of the original series, TOS series episodes. Just say TOS, my man. Just say TOS. (laughs) Uh, So we went over the whole timeline, basically, for the original series and and before that. Now we're going to jump forward in the timeline and we're going to start with next generation events and what happens after that. I do want to talk to you a little bit though, about how we are as a, I guess a fandom um, are able to tell all these dates. It's really difficult because they're very nebulous and general because they don't want to, you know, lock themselves down. So they don't give a lot of hard dates. They usually just say, Oh, 2000 years ago or four centuries ago or blah, 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 that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. We wouldn't want the writers to write themselves into a corner. Exactly. Exactly. And plus there's always like, there was like an official, I think in the 1980s, they came out like an official chronology. And then in TNG, they just ignored that, like the official chronology. Yeah. I was going to say like with the Zephram Coxwiddle guy, like he, (laughs) it sounded like in TOS, he was um, from another planet. And then TNG was like, no, he's not. Yeah. I think he's an alien from another planet. I don't want to spoil anything for us. We spoil everything in Star Trek, but. Oh, we should probably, we've never, we've never done this before, but we should probably mention uh, spoiler alerts for anything. Yeah. I need to start instituting spoiler alerts for basically everything, (laughs) but um, there's an episode in TOS that talks a lot about Zephyr Cochran. I Um, see. And that's where we get a lot of, that's where he's first introduced and, and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, um, I don't know if he was like an alien or that was a colony that they settled and then re got to, and then sent stuff back to. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I just want to say that we did get a hard date one time in TNG. It was the last episode of the first season and it was the episode where they come across like an old spaceship and they find dead people inside. And it was people from the 20th century who died of like embolisms and different causes. And then they were f- like cryogenically frozen and then shot into space for when science could go back and fix them. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I would like to talk to my attorney, please. Can you get him on the phone? There's like the stockbroker. There's a woman who was a housemaker. I think there was a third person, but I can't remember that. She was a construction worker? Yeah. <laughs> Homemaker. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you and Data are on the same wavelength. He made that joke, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. He's like, yeah, she's a homemaker. Some sort of construction worker. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. But uh, the people wake up and they ask Data what year it is or what time period it is. And he says to them, the date is 2364. And then also in that same episode, Riker says the start date is 4198. Uh, I'm sorry. 41986.0. And, and then, the second that happened, all the primordial internet forums were like, we got a date. <laughs> Jum- and then they jumped on, Yeah. And they just went through, well, they couldn't even, it was back in the nineties. So maybe they had the tapes of the old TOS stuff, but it was still hard. It'd still be hard to go through and, and map out everything, but they did it. They did a good job. So anyway, that's how we know all the years and, and dates and, and then people went back and extrapolated stuff. And, Jesus. So that's like a Rosetta stone moment. Like we don't know what these numbers mean, except we found one fragment from one year in one bad episode. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So that um, episode's not that bad. It's an okay episode. I was thinking they would be crazy. If, like they got lucky because they just found some regular people from the 20th century. They didn't open up a whole whole bag of genetically engineered superhumans. How does that? How does that episode uh, end? Isn't it like the Romulans show up and then like it takes 20th century charm to quell them? I yeah, like I forget what happens because they are sent to the neutral zone. The Enterprise is, and this is kind of like a background distraction that Picard doesn't have time for. I don't, I totally forget what, what happens during this episode. It's been a long time. So let's start with the, uh, the TNG timeline, our, our comprehensive timeline. All right. So it all starts with the man, legend, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. He is born 284 years in our future which is the date 2305. Then about 30 years later, nothing really interesting happens in the timeline until uh, he was the, he was the first freshman to win the Starfleet Academy marathon. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, nice. Nice. John Luke Picard is this very impressive, impressive man. Not like Kirk, who's just a stack of books with legs. That's what people said about him when he was in Starfleet. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. That's what they said in uh, "Where No Man, Where No Wait." Yeah, where no man has gone before. Oh, that's, that's what his good pal says about him. Is he's just uh, just read, always had his book, his his nose in a book, which definitely does not seem like Kirk at all. <laughs> Never seen. Him no, that seems a little bit mischaracterized. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's like a stickler for the regulations, I guess. So there's that. Yeah. All right. So twenty three oh five is when. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard was born and then about I think like 28 years later 2333 he's the captain of the Stargazer it's pretty impressive to be a, a captain in your late 20s I think I don't know sometimes I think it's like certain people get on the captain track and then if you're not in that you can't you can't get there then 14 years later 
Worf becomes the first Klingon to enter Starfleet Academy in 2357. And then just six years later, at 2336, the first Enter- the Enterprise D is launched with Jean-Luc Picard as the captain. This is the third Galaxy-class starship we see ever produced in Starfleet history, I guess. Jean-Luc Picard takes command of the Enterprise when it launches, and then a year later, in the year 2364, that's when Next Gen starts, and it goes to 2370. So it's about six years that we see, you know, that's when the whole show goes over. It's a it's a six-year time span. TNG is seven seasons long. So that seven seasons captures six years of that. So about how old is he, Corey, when he takes command of of the Enterprise D? Fuck if I know, dude. Is he like 60? He's like 50, 58 about, but just about 60. Isn't that crazy? He looks great. I mean, he I think really the good. future, I, I think... Patrick Stewart was like in his forties in his early forties when, when the show started, but Jean-Luc Picard is almost 60 when he takes command of the enterprise. It makes sense in the future where a 60 year old could look as young as a 40 year old by that time, but it just blows me away. Um, that Beverly was... Crusher is actually 80 years old in the is show. She? What? Yeah. That's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Clint. <laughs> You're so gullible. I am gullible. <laughs> How could you betray me like this? So he takes control of the Enterprise when he's 58 years old. He's manning the Enterprise until he's in his mid-60s. And then the movies come out. And the movies come out a couple years after the show ends. So, like, those movies are really action-packed. Like, John luc Picard is climbing up cables and blowing up space stations and doing a bunch of cool stunts. Like, the dude's in his 70s at that point. Yeah, you gotta stay active. Nemesis, I'm just going to say the, the year of when Nemesis takes place. It's 2379. Jean-Luc Picard is 74 Jesus. in the universe when the last movie happens. And he's he's fighting his clone, his younger clone. Yeah. His ass. Um, well, well, I mean, we could just assume that because medicine is a lot better, 70 is kind of the new 40. Because mm-hmm. humans tend to live until like 100 and... What do you say? 130, 140 years old in this show? Like they get up there. So you remember in the first episode of TNG, DeForest Kelly visits as Dr. McCoy. And at that time, he's 137. Okay. And he looks super old. Okay. So if the life expectancy is like 75 in the United States, and you're kind of in your prime in your late 20s and 30s, I guess that kind of checks out if we're going to go ahead and add another 60 years. Like, yeah, you would probably be at your best in your 60s. Yeah, you're still in very good condition. I wouldn't say you're in your physical prime versus your 20s and 30s, but your life could be in its prime because people were saying like the best time of your life is in your 50s where you are financially stable. Hopefully you've kind of lived with yourself for 50 years so you know what you like you know what you don't like you don't care that you don't like certain things but yeah it makes sense for you to be in your prime of career in your career in your 70s in a society where you live super long well for millennials that will become a reality probably mm-hmm. yeah all right well maybe not because life expense expenses started going down in the last couple of years 
No, I know, but we'll just still be working in our 70s. Mm, that will happen for sure. We'll finally get that big management position. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so three years after the show starts, in 2367, we get the Battle of Wolf 395. I would say that's a seminal moment in the history of the Federation because sure. they're fighting one of their deadliest enemies, the Borg. It's not the longest war. I guess it's more of a battle. Yeah. But um, that's when the, the the battle with the Borg happens at Wolf 359. Is that like a sector? Do you remember, Corey? Or was it like a, a station or something like that? I think they just picked it because it sounds cool. I don't understand why it, what's called Wolf. Uh, it's absolutely because it sounds cool. Yeah. But it, it might be it might be, be, be a sector or like a star. Mm -hmm. What star are you from? wolf so two years after the battle of wolf 359 the show ds9 takes place in universe it lasts for six years they're all hanging out for six years 2000 uh 2369 to 2375 nice and then also four years after the battle of TNG movie that we get and in in the same year that generation occurs right generations what do, what do you think of generations it's an okay movie not the best star trek movie ever but it's 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 kind of okay as a kid i always liked it i don't know how i would feel about it now i like the i like the whole nexus thing i thought that that was pretty cool but now that i've gotten older and i know kind of what i want tonally out of star trek it it's it's a little weird like the the whole kirk thing getting just shoehorned in just to make the two great captains stand next to each other like you have to do some plot magic in order to make that happen and if i recall it it, it wasn't like the most seamless um script that they wrote yeah like to get them standing in the same room yeah kirk was definitely shoehorned shoehorned in there i kind of wish he had a bit a bigger presence in the movie to kind of he didn't really do a lot he didn't get much to do i know people didn't really like the death that kirk spoiler kirk dies in that episode but he just gets <laughs> cr crushed by a, a catwalk great oh yeah <laughs> which isn't great for the hero very ignominious end <laughs> it's like if picard ended with like Picard walking down a subway, slippery subway um, staircase and just slipping yeah. and cracking his head. And then just the credits roll. <laughs> yeah, that happens at the, it's the post-credit scene in, in Nemesis. It's just him. All right. So the same year as Generations in 2371, Voyager gets stranded in the Delta Quadrant. And that whole show happens. Um, they return about seven years after they set out in a, a, sh a journey that should have taken them 75 years at going maximum speed the whole time. A journey that should have taken them one season, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Turn into uh, how many seasons? Voyager had seven seasons. Good Lord. Two years after Generations in continuity, we get First Contact. So in the year 2373, they travel back in time to fight the Borg and make sure that we as humans meet the Vulcans. And then that same year, um, 2373 to 2375 is the Dominion War. That lasts for two years. So basically Cisco in DS9, they meet 
a another galactic empire from the Delta Quadrant. So it's a it's just millions of light years away. Um, and they meet. The, they get, there's a wormhole that connects the two, and then they start fighting each other. Corey, you haven't seen that much of DS9, have you? No, but I know who the Dominion are. I know all. I know their secrets, and I don't think we should say it in case someone wants to watch DS Nine. <laughs> exactly. We'll uh, we'll lay off DS Nine for right now, but uh, definitely my favorite series. Um, Dominion Noir, okay, um, but it's pretty good. I like it. And then basically, in the rest of the twenty three seventies, we just have the different the different TNG movies happening. I guess if we were going to point to when the nineties and early two thousand shows ended like that whole that whole uh this that spirit of the star trek renaissance like it would have ended with the last tng movie right yes that's the in in the whole 90s and enterprise um we're just gonna we can argue about this later but we're gonna call that the golden age of star trek and we're gonna call what we're in now the the silver age or the streaming age that's better the streaming age of star trek yeah, pick your poison. What kind of Star Trek do you want? Do you want yeah. action? Do you want comedy? Exactly. And it's great that we have so much diverse Star Trek out there. So Don't bullshit gonna, yourself. I'm not going to yuck their yum. But anyway, um, yeah, that's the last of the timeline in the, in the, the Golden Age. Because then we get Enterprise, and that goes back in time. So there's nothing that, that pushes it more. So the Golden Age ends with the show's favorite character, Data, dying, and then his little brother ostensibly taking on the mantle yes 2379 is the last the last year in the star the star trek next generation movies um but then we do restart the timeline not restart it but we continue it in lower decks so that show takes place in 2380 which is um just a year after nemesis and then Lower decks with the cartoon characters and fun stuff happens after that. But actually, I was lying because Picard starts up in the year 2399. So it's almost the year 2400 when uh, the series Picard starts up. So um, just a couple things in that. Um, 2387 is when a star in the Romulan Empire goes supernova. Spock was supposed to save that son, but he failed to do it. I think the original Romulus is lost. I'm not sure. But then um, a Romulan gets super angry and travels back in time. And that kicks off the Star Trek reboots, the J.J. Abrams uh, reboots. So in 2387, that's when the star goes supernova. And then he goes back in time to the, the TOS era before Kirk was born. But in our version, that doesn't happen. It does happen. The star goes supernova in the prime timeline. No, but he there's no time travel involved in our version. Well, right? he does go back, and then he, he branches off a universe, a different timeline. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it just doesn't affect the prime timeline. It just starts a new branch timeline, I guess. That's how that works. So you remember All Good Things, that is the last TNG episode, that's the series finale for TNG, Mm -hmm. and they're all traveling back and forth through the timeline, 
So that happens uh, in 2390 when Picard is 90 years old is is how far they go go back. Yep. Manning That's is how far they go back. And then in 2399, so Picard is 94 years old when the series Picard starts. 94. He looks great. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a good job. He's keeping keeping it keeping it looking young. And then I mean there's a couple other that that's pretty much it for the timeline. There's a few other things that happen um in the 27th century starting in the year 2600 we have the temporal cold war that so how many years after how many years after like picard is the temporal cold war 200 years okay because picard takes place around the year 2400 and then around the year 2600 is when we get the temporal cold war so that war is like um their time travel has been invented and societies are starting to use it to go back in time. And then they quickly discover that this shouldn't be something that's just freely available to everybody and it needs to be monitored. So some societies don't want to be controlled in how they use their time travel and other societies want to impose control. And that's the cold war because they know that like at any point, one society could go back in time and eradicate the other society so it's not an actual war. It's just they're like waiting and watching to see if changes happen in the timeline and then they'll go and correct it with like a special squad. Yes. Yeah. So I can't remember. Ex- it's very, it gets very wonky, but time travel is starting to be discovered and a bunch of civilizations sign these accords not to go back in time and mess with your own timeline or mess with other people's timelines. The only reason you can go back in time is to observe things and not change anything. So it's like time archaeology is the only way for you to use time travel ethically. And then there's people from like the 27th century involved in this war. There's people from the 31st century. So from the 3000s, they're going back in time and trying to like police the timeline. It gets very confusing, but it's a lot of fun. I would like to see a show that centers on the the temporal cold war but we didn't really get a full a full view of it they bring it up in enterprise and the show i think kind of gets canceled or they just get bored with it and abandon it before they can really explore all the the fun intricacies of the 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 temporal war so it's interesting the star trek like the new series the decision is to either stay in the golden age period or go back a little bit and set up the golden age period a little bit just like if that's the sandbox that's where you're playing and there's not a huge push to continue the narrative of what happens next Mm -hmm. so i I don't know i think i would like to see the next next generation yeah happens after the dominion wars yeah maybe we'll get some more neither of us has watched picard but maybe we get some some better world or some more world building in that series. But uh, Discovery, though, is actually now in the far future, which we'll talk about in a second. So oh. all of this is kind of now the Discovery timeline. Um, dis- the, the Discovery travels forward in time to the year 3188. Wait, Clint, um, I want to say something. Yeah. Here's the mashup I want to see. And I want you to tell me who would win in this matchup. 
mashup matchup. Here's the here's I want you to tell me who would win in this. So it's the Enterprise floating around space, probably Picard's Enterprise, when suddenly a rift opens. And you know who comes out of that rift? Who comes out? It's the ship from Event Horizon. <laughs> the demon ship? The demon ship. Yeah. Now, the Enterprise can either destroy this thing. I don't know if they could because it comes from hell. Or they have to go into hell and um, fix something. But just got to ask you, who would win between the Event Horizon ship and the Enterprise? Well, the Event Horizon ship doesn't have any weapons. It's purely exploratory. But oh, what would true. happen, what I think would happen in this in this scenario is the Enterprise would be like, whoa, there's this old ship. Let's go on board and check it out. And then they go on board and then the people there get infected by demons. And then on the Enterprise, they start having to deal with these crazy demons. I don't know. I guess we have to uh, explain the Event Horizon movie. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Through through the context we've talked about, it's yeah. There's let's just say there's demons on board. We recently know, watched stories. that movie together yeah. as a group, and it did not hold up at all. Like really, I, remember I a, loved it. I remember as a kid, I was like, "God, this is so cool!" But just watching it again, it's not a very good movie. It's it, it's it's not. It was the scariest movie I have ever seen as a kid. I was like eight when I saw Event Horizon. It scared the bejesus out of me um and it's super corny nowadays but i think it's awesome and i loved it when we rewatched it, it yeah i love the premise campy. yeah yeah it's a great movie it's a great movie anyway where were you i have no clue okay so we're gonna talk about discovery so discovery takes place about 10 years before the original series starts and then um in the third season, they travel like a thousand years into the future to 3188. So Discovery travels about 900 years-ish into, into its own future. And they travel to the 32nd century. Most of, uh, most of the original series takes place in the 22nd century. TNG takes place in the 24th century. So disco is now taking place in the 32nd century. Okay. In the 28th century, dilithium starts to dry up all over the alpha quadrant. They're having problems finding it. About a hundred years later in 3069, it's the event called the burn and all dilithium in the galaxy goes inert. Every, a starship that was at warp explodes and then no one can really travel faster. Only a very few people can travel faster than light. And this is in discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And then discovery travels to the year 3188, 32nd century. And then they continue to have adventures. I think the fourth season will continue to take place in the future. So, yeah. So we made it. Yeah. It's the whole timeline. So what year are we ending on? Basically 3188 is the is the farthest in the future. Well, I mean, I guess for a 70-year-old show, it it makes sense that the timeline is this flushed out and for how many seasons and series and and all that has been developed about it. It's um it's it's a uh, it's definitely it's its own universe. I don't know where I'm going with this. Never mind. <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> 
Well, so the show has been going on since 1965. So it's been going on for a little bit under 60 years now. So yeah, that's a lot of time to put in canon and create a whole universe. I guess they took 20 years off from the 60s to the 80s. And that's when they started producing more content again. But basically since the late, I mean, since the mid, since the mid eighties, we've been continuously producing Star Trek content. I mean, it wasn't even that long from when Enterprise finished to when Discovery, Discovery premiered. Here, let me check that super quick, Corey. So, oh, I guess it's longer than I thought. Enterprise uh, last aired 2005. Discovery came on the air in 2017, so that was a 15-year gap between those two. So, I don't know. I guess they've been, um, for 25 years, they have been actively adding adding content to this and all that stuff. So, um, it's, it's an impressive timeline. Uh, I think the Eugenics War and World War III kind of bump a little bit because they're both sparked by genetically engineering of people maybe they'll go back and kind of flesh out the conflict a little bit more um but it's a fun timeline i like it such a great i mean we all love star wars so yeah star wars star wars i always say that we all love star trek yikes yikes do that all the time yeah it's a pretty great show i love to hate it i hate to love it (laughs) well i don't know is there anything else you want to talk about Corey? or now i now i actually am tired yeah (laughs) all right just just lay your head to sleep and i'll um sing you some songs that spock wrote for his his space harpsichord oh yeah you got the vulcan lullabies book right there yeah go to sleep go to sleep it's only logical to go to bed at the appointed time (laughs) you'd make a great vulcan